Are you ready for TCT360? The event for 3D printing and additive manufacturing intelligence is back. Wherever you are in your AM journey, our fully CPD certified program will have something for you. See Additive in action as 250 plus exhibitors run live demos of their machinery and equipment. Hear from NHS England, Rolls-Royce, Boeing, J-Bull and more as they take to the stage to discuss the latest applications. It's time to reconnect with your community after almost two years apart. Signing up is free and takes just a couple of minutes. So register today and prepare to join us at the NEC Birmingham on the 28th to the 30th of September 2021 to see Additive in action. Hello and welcome to the Additive Insight podcast, your source for news, interviews and comment on the latest 3D printing and additive manufacturing intelligence brought to you by the TCT content team. I'm your host, Laura Griffiths, TCT Head of Content, and on today's episode, we have an interview with Felix Ewald, co-founder and CEO of Dimension. The Munich-based company is a manufacturer of post-processing systems for 3D printed parts. As you'll hear in this conversation, Dimension was founded as a byproduct of another project founded by Dimension's two co-founders back in 2013, centered around 3D printing custom smartphone cases. After facing challenges around adding the perfect color finish to their products, they decided to develop their own solution, and with backing from EOS founder Hans Langer, the team is now behind some of the industry's most popular finishing systems for AM polymer parts. During our conversation, Felix discusses Dimension's next-generation machines, why post-processing needs to be considered throughout the 3D printing workflow, and why sustainability and additive need to be taken seriously. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And for more additive insight, head on over to tstmagazine.com. We can get you a free print subscription and get the biggest 3D printing news stories delivered straight to your inbox every week. Hello, Felix. Welcome to the Additive Insight Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Hello. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I'm very excited. <laughs> it's been a little while since we last spoke, but for our listeners who may not be familiar with Dimension, can you tell us who the company is and what you do? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we are Dimension and uh, we turn 3D printed raw parts into high value products. And uh, that means uh, we develop industrial post-processing solutions for 3D printed plastics with the main focus on powder bed plastics. Mm-hmm. Um, and there we are covering all steps from yeah, cleaning to surfacing and coloring. And yeah, we are Munich based. Uh, we have a subsidiary in Austin, Texas. We are um, a team of 90. And yeah, that's it. Six <laughs> years old. Maybe that's also interesting. Well, six years into the industry, and you came into the industry with this post-processing solution, probably at a time when post-processing wasn't spoken about as much in additive manufacturing. Can you tell us about the motivation for you coming into the industry and, and why you sought to develop a post-processing solution? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, actually, that's a good question, right? I mean, no one comes from university and comes up with the idea to found a company in for, yeah, for post-processing um, of 3D printed parts. Quite niche. Yeah, but, but actually, my co-founder and I, after our studies, we definitely wanted to found a company. And so we looked at different industries. And yeah, the first time when we heard about 3D printing, we said, oh, this sounds huge. Yeah? Let's do something there. And our initial idea was to sell 3D printed smartphone cases. Um, in the very beginning, um, um, 
actually a B2C business where everyone can design his own smartphone case until we recognize that no one wants to do this. <laughs> and then we pivoted to, um, B2, to a B2B business where we try to take the corporate logos of big companies and yeah, kind of yeah, bring them in shape so that yeah, really have cool looking 3D printed uh, logos on the smartphone cases. But the big issue was that um, when we sold the first 200 cases, we had to take them back because the color went off um, mm. and uh, dyed the um, uh, yeah the trousers of our customers. And uh, oh, no. so that was a big, big issue for us. And we had to make a decision, quit 3D printing because the technology is just not there yet or develop our own solution. And uh, yeah, actually, um, we decided to develop our own solution. Um, and so we did this in the basement of uh, Philip's family's uh, family house. And uh, after six months, um, we came up um, with a, at least a stable plaque. And so we wanted to sell yeah, black uh, smartphone cases. But we met someone from EOS back then. It's Arno Held. In the meantime, he's working for AM Ventures. And he told us that uh, smartphone cases are maybe the most boring thing you can do with 3D in 3D printing, but um, the finishing and the color that we um, that we are achieving is something that the whole industry needs. And if we are coming up with a concept for an industrial coloring machine, he would ask Dr. Langer, the founder of US, to give us the first money. And yeah, actually, that um, yeah that happened. And uh, since then, we are focusing on yeah what we are doing today: industrial mm -hmm. post processing. Or 3D printed parts. Wow, so it really came out of a need from an application that you were developing yourselves and to have that backing from, you know, such a huge figure in the industry in Hans Langer and to have that backing of EOS, that must have felt um, really validating in the beginning. Yeah, actually, um, I mean, my parents thought from the very beginning that I'm crazy and that <laughs> it won't work out. But uh, when I told them that, uh, um, um, yeah, that uh, the founder of EOS um, um, is, yeah, gave us money that was really a great validator and uh, really showed us that it's absolutely worth it um, to work on it. And yeah, in the end, uh, Hans Langer was right. And uh, we are happy that we did this decision. Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit about why you've been proven right in some of the um, the customer stories that, that have come through over the last six years. But I wanted to talk about this year because you've launched your next generation product line earlier this year and um, really aimed at, at production and automation. Can you tell us about the kind of the idea behind this and what makes this new generation of post-processing equipment so different? Yeah, I mean, so actually in, in, when, in the beginning, when we launched our systems, especially our power shots, our, um, our yeah, blasting machines, um, everyone was excited just because of the results, right? So mm -hmm. they looked at the surfaces and said, wow, this is cool. Yeah, we need this. And uh, yeah, in the last uh, six years, we, yeah, I mean, we, we are constantly working on also some quite huge projects where it's really about serial manufacturing. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, it's not the excitement anymore yeah, that the surface looks great. It's really about, hey, we need to have a process um, that is absolutely reproducible, that is traceable, where we really can say after the process that everything went perfect during the process. And mm -hmm. so to do this, you, you need different machines. So it really also... yeah. The, the demand of our customers, especially those um, who really wants to go into high volume, it really changed. And so they are really um, yeah, asking questions about automation, 
what I just mentioned, reproducibility, traceability, and they are really planning the factory of the future. And mm -hmm. um, that's why we came up with our PowerShot performance series and also with our PowerFuse. Um, we have quite an already yeah, autom highly automated system because that's exactly what especially our future customers and the future projects um, are demanding. Mm -hmm. And so what has the response been like so far? Can you tell us about anyone who's already adopted it? Um, yeah, actually, uh, so far, it's it's great. I mean, there is a lot of interest and a lot of positive feedback uh, feedback from our launch um, and really throughout the whole industry. Um, so I think, um, yeah, I think we are heading in the right direction. The first shipments um, um, for the pilot stage are a bit delayed, so they will be now um, in October. And um, yeah, we have four pilot customers and it's a mixture of uh, service bureaus and big OEMs. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that's super valuable for us, right? Because 3D printing, when you look at the market today, it's still yeah, mostly driven by um, service bureaus or service providers. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but also driven by the big OEMs, right? That, that they are really looking into serial manufacturing. And so, um, we are quite happy that we now have a, a mixture of pilot customers from both aspects. Mm -hmm. And you also collaborated with, with Siemens. I know you've been working with them for some time now, but what kind of involvement did they have in the process? Yeah. So, um, with Siemens is um, that they are in the industry and that they are working um, um, with us is a really a huge thing for us because they really have knowledge in industrialization. Mm -hmm. um, and so they're providing us technology. Um, so we are working with Siemens automation technology. That's the one part. But the other part is really building the factory of the future. So um, Siemens has really, really some, um, they have, Actually, they have the possibility to simulate the factory of the future and simulate different scenarios. And also when new products are coming to the market, like our performance series, they can simulate what the cost per part per application is in the end and where the big cost drivers are. And mm -hmm. so with Siemens, it's really, of course, having their technology in our machines, but also working with, um, um, with big customers on the factory of the future. And there, Siemens is the right partner to really show the path forward. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned earlier that a lot of the adoption now is coming from places like service bureaus, these places that are churning out lots and lots of parts and, and really need that production environment and, and automation. But of course, over the years, Dimension has amassed so many different types of customers and brands like Daimler. I know that very recently, you know, everyone was raving over the fact that Oprah was wearing some glasses that were, were finished using your technology. Can you share with us any applications or customer stories that you're kind of most proud of or that are exciting you most right now? Yeah, um, yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a very good question. And of course, in 3D printing, there are a lot of things that um, are exciting me also since day one. But to be honest, if you, if you look what drives business today, it's still the biggest application in 3D printing today is random customer-specific low-volume applications. Mm -hmm. um, so not really about where it's about, okay, we, we will produce millions of this application next year. When, when I look at what our customers are doing, it's really random low-volume applications. And in the meantime, I'm also quite excited about that. So when I see... Um, what our customers are doing and see how many how many things you can do with 3D printing. Really, actually, that's that that's what really excites me um, because it just 
shows the big potential um, that we have with 3D printing. But of course, when we talk about high volume, um, there are many things going on and it, it will take some time yeah, because transforming industries with a very specific and concrete application, it just takes some time. But there are so many things that excite me, especially on the consumer side, right? We, mm -hmm. Of course, the eyewear topic um, is something where I'm pretty sure it will take off in the next um, one or two years. So, I mean, we are already... There are already more than 1 million eyewear frames uh, produced annually, but um, I think in the next uh, two to three years, um, we really talk about tens of millions. Then, of course, footwear. Um, there are still so many footwear projects that are exciting me. We are talking about bike saddles, helmets, toys. And, of course, on the industrial side, there are medical applications. Um, there are some automotive applications and we are involved in some cool projects with uh, with Crippa. So there is really a lot of things going on. But in, what I really would like to point out is that we also should be excited about what drives business today. And it's so many low volume applications where we talk between 100 and yeah, maybe 5,000 parts that mm -hmm. drives business today. And that's also ex what, what excites me. Mm -hmm. You've come a long way from just phone cases then. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And actually today there is still, we don't, we, we still don't have a customer today who is uh, successful with smartphone cases. <laughs> so yeah, we, we have to wait for that. <laughs> Let that be a lesson to everyone. <laughs> so I want to talk about some recent collaborations that you've had. You recently started working with Stratasys to introduce a reference architecture for its new SAF 3D printing process. So first of all, that must have been another um, kind of milestone for you guys getting to collaborate with you know one of the founders of, of this industry but i wanted you to talk about what that means what are you actually doing with stratasys and also if you do collaborate with other companies like 3d printer hardware manufacturers to make sure that what you're developing in your post-processing solutions are, are well suited to what's out there on the market yeah so actually as you just mentioned yeah we are extremely excited and happy about the collaboration with stratasys and also that they um are going into powder bed um, mm -hmm. Now, this is a huge step and also a validation for our strategy. Um, and I mean, of course, it's in general, very high level. Yeah, it's about a joint go to market strategy and yeah, really coming up with some, something tangible for, for customers. And um, that's why we came up with the idea of a reference architecture. And that's really about providing an end to end solution to the customer. So mm -hmm. it's really about the final part and product and not about single steps. So we really want to show a consistent analysis of the whole workflow and answer the question, what is the outcome of each workflow step and what is the cost? And so Stratasys doesn't only want to talk about the printer because just the printer won't help customers to really, um, to really scale. And we don't only want to talk about our solutions. We really want um, to show customers what the whole workflow look likes and um, yeah, this is also more or less happening with all the other printer manufacturers uh, as well right now. So in the meantime, I think everyone in the industry um, yeah, understood that, it, that customers are adopting 3D printing. It's so complex, right? So let, maybe let's come back to eyewear, right? If you want to set up um, 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 an eyewear manufacturing um, um, yeah, production line mm -hmm. um, with 3D printing. It's it's so super complex, right? I mean, customers, they can choose from 
10 different uh, software solutions, then 10 or 20 different um, printing technologies. And then there are so much post-processing options and it's so complex to adopt it um, that we think to, to, to reduce this complexity, it's really essential to talk about the whole workflow um, and yeah, that just makes it easier to adopt 3D printing. If you really have a, a, a solution for the application that the customer um, has. And I mean, that's already way better in the meantime, also with other printer manufacturers, but there is still room for improvement to make it, yeah, just easier to adopt um, industrial 3D printing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It is important to look at the end-to-end -end workflow. And it's certainly something that we've talked about many times just on, on this podcast. And especially now, as we talk a lot about additive manufacturing for production applications and, you know, mass producing uh, products, I wondered what role do you think post-processing technology can play in making mass production with additive a reality? Because it's all for and well speeding up technologies and speeding up 3D printers. But if we're not also innovating on the other end of the workflow, then it kind of it creates that bottleneck. So where do you think post-processing really um, adds value at the end of that um, mass production workflow? First of all, it's absolutely essential yeah, to always consider post-processing. Um, also in the beginning, especially if you talk about mass production. Mm -hmm. And um, and actually, I don't know any mass production application that works without post-processing today. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, still, yeah, when you talk about powder bed, I mean, the outcome of a powder bed printer is a powder cake and not a printed part. So... It, it, it's just the fact that post-processing plays a crucial, um, plays an absolutely crucial role. And for me, I think the most important thing when we look at projects that are successful is not really, as you mentioned, they are not only focusing on the printer. It's really about thinking about the whole workflow from the very, very beginning. That's super important because we have been involved in some projects where we where we came in too late, right? So they only focused on the design and the mm. printer. And then after it, they recognized, oh, we cannot depowder it in the right way or um, the color doesn't turn um, out in the right way. And then we tell them, hey, okay, you need to do this and that on the material side or on the printer side. And this really led to that they really need to restart the project from the very beginning. And so I think it's absolutely clear that it's super crucial for mass production um, applications and everyone really should think about it um, and include it um, in the concept from day one and not after you did the first evaluations on the printer side. Mm -hmm. Do you think that awareness has changed at all since coming into the industry? Do you think people are thinking more about um, what kind of post-processing techniques they're going to need at the start of the product development process? Yeah, it changed a lot, luckily. Um, so mm -hmm. I think there's, that that's a very good development. And I mean, in the beginning, there was still this thing that no one wanted to talk about it, right? So they tried to hide it when we when we started in the beginning and wanted to 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 produce our smartphone cases. It, 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 it took us quite a while to recognize that there is, that's a huge thing, yeah, um, mm -hmm. if you want to come up with an end-use product. Um, so in the beginning, it was really, well, it, it was kind of, everyone tried to hide it, yeah, and, uh, but that completely changed. So, so, I mean, printer manufacturers, resellers, and customer themselves, they absolutely know it. And I mean, if you also look at, yeah, the webinars that you see from different industry players, also the material 
companies, um, they know it and they do webinars also about end-use products, including post-processing. So in my opinion, in the meantime, it's a key topic and um, yeah, that makes me quite happy. And I mean, actually, post-processing is not only a thing that you need to do, right? I mean, it can create immense value on the one hand and on the other hand, you can also save costs um, by automation. So it's an essential part of the factory of the future and I think in the meantime, everyone knows it and everyone is talking about it in the right way in the industry. Mm -hmm. I want to touch on another industry challenge that I know that Dimension is very much um, looking to to champion and it's sustainability. It's, of course, a major topic everywhere, but particularly in additive manufacturing where um, we often think of additive as a sustainable process because we're manufacturing close to the point of need, maybe using less materials, but you know, more research needs to be done in order to make sure that it's as sustainable as possible. And last year, Dimension was named as one of the first companies on board Europe's mission to become the first climate neutral continent. Can you show what Dimension is doing to address sustainability within additive and what more you think can be done within the industry as a whole to help that? So, yeah, as you just mentioned, yeah, we have been awarded because um, um, yeah, of, of the market entry of our Powerfuse S. It was the Green Deal Award by the European Union where they really want to push sustainable technologies. And, um, yeah, we have been awarded because um, we, have a tr we are using a truly green solvent for the first time in the industry that is not harmful to people and uh, to the environment. And we also reuse it all the time. So it also fits perfectly in the circular economy um, um, thinking. And um, yeah, we have been quite happy also that uh, um, the European Union is uh, supporting um, um, yeah, such projects. And in general, I mean, I mean, in general, in the meantime, we implement sustainability in every discussion that we have. I mean, we are... We are very still a young company and many people also uh, new people that want uh, they really want to work in startups and in job interviews there is always the question coming up um, what we are doing in terms of sustainability so mm -hmm. it's really also a topic that is uh, pushed by our by our team and our employees and so we take it really really serious and we implement as i just mentioned sustainability in every discussion that we have but Actually, it's it's quite complex. Yeah, it's easy to say that it's important and that you are doing something, but really being s as sustainable as possible is very very complex. It's not it's not an easy topic. Um, and so we are just about to finish our our very own sustainability agenda. And um, yeah, one thing is we will hire a sustainability manager by the beginning of next year. Because otherwise you cannot you cannot really manage it, right? Because there mm -hmm. are so many topics, um, and yeah, that that's what we are doing um, internally. So we are also thinking about um, our future product roadmap and where we really can where we can really have a huge impact. Um, but it will take some time, yeah. Until um, there there is a lot of things to do for us as a company, but we take it serious. And over the next years, I'm pretty sure. Um, we will come up with uh, some cool things that we will also share in the industry. And in general, 
in my opinion, we have a huge potential impact as an industry. Um, I mean, decentralized manufacturing, when you look at the global supply chains, it just doesn't make sense yeah, to produce parts in, in the Asian region and then ship them around the world with the mm -hmm. hope that someone buys them. I think it, it has to change and it will change because it just doesn't make sense if there are valid um, um, options. And I think that's something that we need to work on. And we, but we also should try yeah, that we, we also, sh we, we shouldn't abuse this potential by doing queenwashing. I, I, I'm afraid that sometimes in our industry, it's easy to say that 3D printing has a great potential impact in terms of sustainability, but then we should also take it serious. And I think that's mm -hmm. the, the big task that we have as an industry, not only talking about it, but really doing actions um, in terms of sustainability. But I'm quite optimistic, um, yeah, that as an industry, we will have a, we can have a great impact um, on this. So you're feeling optimistic. And as you said, you're going to come up with some cool products that address this. Can you talk about what we can expect to see from Dime Mansion over the next year, particularly as we start to look forward to events in autumn now, which is usually where you guys have, have launched most of your, of your major products? Yeah, so first of all, we are super happy that at least right now it seems that they will take place. And so we are really, really looking forward to, to meet everyone again in person. I think that's necessary for our industry. Um, all these digital things, I mean, there have been quite some cool concepts, but I think our industry really relies on the personal contact. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really looking forward to it. And of course, um, and we will show our performance series um, for the first time. Um, um, at Formnext, and uh, of course, we 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 will have some we, we we have some other products in the pipeline. So beginning of next year, we will show our power fuse for polypropylene, and maybe so actually it's not a new machine. Yeah, it's just an adjusted machine that we can use more solvents to treat more materials. So I think this will something will be something important. And in general, um, what you will see from us in the next uh, 12 months is really, I mean, what we're also doing now in the last years is really, yeah, more certifications um, in different industries and also more case studies within different industries. So we are really focusing um, internally here on, yeah, matching all the standards in the different industries to really come to those high-volume um, projects that the whole industry is talking about. Are you ready for TCT360? The event for 3D printing and additive manufacturing intelligence is back. Wherever you are in your AM journey, our fully CPD certified program will have something for you. See Additive in Action as 250 plus exhibitors run live demos of their machinery and equipment. Hear from NHS England, Rolls-Royce, Boeing, J-Bull and more as they take to the stage to discuss the latest applications. It's time to reconnect with your community after almost two years apart. Signing up is free and takes just a couple of minutes. So register today and prepare to join us at the NEC Birmingham on the 28th to the 30th of September 2021 to see Additive in Action.